Today's episode is brought to you by Ardent Cannabis Infusion. Their new Ardent FX is the only all-in-one portable cannabis kitchen where you can decarb, infuse, and bake all in one machine. They're calling it the Easy Bake Ardent. The Ardent requires no prior cannabis cooking, infusion, or baking experience. You get full activation and infusion of THC, CBD, CBG, and other cannabinoids using flour, keef, or concentrate. It works with butter or oil, and it's odorless and mess-free with no cleanup. The new model is four times larger, holding up to an ounce of flour. The RNFX is truly a revolutionary all-in-one activation, infusion, melting, and baking appliance, and Trailblazers can get $30 off by using our special link, blazinbakery.com forward slash ardent. That's blazin, B-L-A-Z-I-N, bakery.com forward slash ardent, A-R-D-E-N-T. And if you're looking for something to use with your new batch of Ardent Oil, head over to blazinbakery.com and you'll get 20% off all Blazin brand products. That's our original best-selling brownie mix, our easy three-minute microwave version, and our new CBD dog treats featuring our proprietary Melabonin Calming Blend. Just use code TRAILBLAZIN, that's T-R-A-I-L-B-L-A-Z-I-N, TRAILBLAZIN, for 20% off at blazinbakery.com. You're about to get insider access to cannabis industry experts, entrepreneurs, activists, and living legends. Meet the people who live and blaze this life every day and are about to change the world. Now your host, the founder of Blazin Bakery, New Jersey's first edibles company with over a decade of national advocacy, sales, connections, and adventures behind her. A true trailblazer in cannabis. This is Trailblazing with Tiramisu. Today on Trailblazing with Tiramisu, I have Swerve founder of the Cali Connection, which is the second oldest supplier of seeds in America and the oldest in California. Swerve is a champion of cannabis commerce, whose goal is to never be accused of profit over product, which is definitely something we need more of right now. His mission is to provide true bread strains to the general public and more specifically, the medical marijuana community. The Cali Connection provides product and comfort to more growers, seed banks, and ultimately patients than any other breeder of seeds in America. They have also won over 70 High Times Cannabis Cup Awards using Swerve Genetics, more than any other breeder. The Los Angeles-based wholesale company provides the world with only the finest grown Cali strains, and it's businesses like this that make California world-renowned for its cannabis genetics. Trailblazers, the potential future breeder of my very own Taramisu strain, Swerve. Tell me about, so you have Cali Connection is the second seed company in America. Is that correct? Yeah, we were labeled the second oldest seed, legal. Yeah, for sure. Legal (laughs) seed brand in America, yeah. That's awesome. So tell me how that kind of came about to be such a, you know, a trailblazer. Luck. <laughs> Perseverance. Honest. A lot of loss. More loss than a lot of wins. That's, mm. that's the downfall. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, perseverance and just, I'm, I'm, I'm a thick-headed Italian, so <laughs> that too. has a lot to do with it, you know. Uh, you know, testadoro, we just, you know, hard-headed <laughs> and just go, you know. And uh, so, so that's the truth about it is, uh, you know, it came about off of luck. And I will say that numerous times because that's the reality of it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like a glorious story. It's no. Just, uh, no, it was, it was me being an egotistical, kind of an egotistical douche. And <laughs> I found out that uh, another guy, another breeder who I wasn't too fond of, Mm-hmm. Um, access some of the clones that I was providing at the time to the medical community here in California. It was like 2004. This would be an East Coast breeder, correct? Yes, it would okay. be. Okay, I know who you're and, talking about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and when I found out that he got some of our gear um, through a middle deal in order for me to access some legendary strains from back east, I wasn't mm-hmm. aware that he was going to get it. Yeah. But because of that, I figured it's about time that I try to. I guess, yeah, compete with him and 
do it before, do it first. So that's what we started to do. And then I contacted a few people. I joined another company called Kryptonite Seeds and I created my first SFVOG backcross under them that went to Europe and it was in literally, I mean, like God bless his soul, you know, well, like even Franco got these seeds and a lot of people over in Europe got those seeds. And uh, after all of the uh, initial trials and errors and basically getting screwed over by everybody, (laughs) I decided to create the Cali Connection. It was on the motto of, again, the Italian side of, uh, it's not a matter of what you know, it's a matter of who you know. Everybody needs a connection in life. Oh, I like that. And oh. in everybody needs that Cali connection because Cali is related to the best weed on earth usually. You yeah. know, Humboldt, California, Southern California for our OGs, Humboldt, California for all the dank of the, you know, yesteryear's quality yeah. of crime. So it just, just occurred to me it's the Godfather font. That's exactly <laughs> that. And here's the crazy wow. thing too. <laughs> So it's the Godfather font once again, you know, it goes yeah. to the whole, you know. Yeah. But the smoke lady logo, here's another like, you know, insider tip. The, the logo, it's a smoke lady. Most people don't realize, but it's like a transposed um, version of Marilyn Monroe when she's pushing her skirt down over the grate. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna have to look at that again. So if you look at if you look at the picture when she's pushing her dress down and then look at my logo, all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my, that's uh, what yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of little Very you know, cool. things. It's, you know, we got to keep it fresh. Got to keep it real. I'm a huge Marilyn fan. There's a picture of her over my bed, actually. So that's very See, cool. Awesome. She's a queen. She, she really is. So as someone who has a very similar name structure to me, you have a long, hard to spell Italian last name and then a short cannabis friendly nickname. Um, how much of it was, I need a fake name in cannabis because I'm doing stuff that's kind of shady. Maybe I shouldn't use my real name. And how much is it like, this is just so much easier to remember? Because Sargenti, like no one can spell. But then I thought Taramisu, everyone's going to be able to spell that. People still spell that wrong too. But yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you prefer going by? Is it Ed, Edward, Swerve? Like what? You know, um, in the industry, Swerve, obviously. Uh, even yeah. my, best friend, my best friends and everybody, they all kind of ad- have adapted that. And mm-hmm. It's weird because there's times where we're actually out in like public personal settings and family and they're like, swerve. And I'm like, use the real name, man. It's, <laughs> we're in, like, it's, it's okay. Like, you know, but like at shows, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just easier. The real names works, but you know, when I, <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had like good, good, cool, like quality stories for these. But again, it's like my nickname in the industry. It wasn't even mine. It was huh. my, my best friend who is now my brother-in-law. It was his login information on a website that we, were, that we were both on growing weed. And I couldn't remember my login. And we worked together, so I'd always be on the computer. And I would just be like, what's your login, man? And I would go, and his was Swerve357. And I'm like letting everybody kind of know, you know. But the reality is, is I'm not really a kind of advocate. So huh. I dropped that, and I jacked the name from him. And he had, he had, unfortunately, forever to drop the name. So the name for him is done and gone. But for me, it turned into a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, you know what? Mine's not that great. Like, everyone always assumes, like, oh, tiramisu, because you're Italian, because it's a dessert, and you're in edibles. And, like, there was just not that much thought behind it. It was just a nickname from an ex-boyfriend that worked out really well. Love but, it. So, wait, I want to ask you that, because I've been rallying to get a tiramisu strain. I really want one. Are we you, have one. You have tiramisu, right? That's you guys? We have we have tiramisu. I think also there might be another brand out there that might have a tiramisu also, but I'm not positive. Um, but I I do my best to make sure that we uh, we don't mimic anybody's names. So yours is Wedding Cake and Gelato 45, is that correct? Exactly. Okay. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's only, I mean, what are we going to call it? Like the, I mean, if you call it the Italian wedding cake, it's basically the same thing. It's freaking famous. So, I mean, it's not chocolatey, but you know. Yeah. So my spelling is T-A-R-A, like yeah. Tara. So that's Tara. what I want a tiramisu strain. So um, we could work on that. We should work on that. I, uh, I get that going. All right. I'm, I'm, I have it recorded. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, we can make it, we can make it go down. That's easy. 
Very cool. So, uh, how is like, I know a lot of your strains kind of have kind of an Italian-y influence too. Has that uh, been something you try to keep in mind? You know, I mean, I'm uh, to say I'm, a, I'm not a proud Italian would be kind of like an understatement. Yeah. You know, I'm first generation here. You know, I'm, I'm, I was lucky because my dad didn't become a U.S. citizen until I was like eight or nine years old. So because of that, I was fortunate enough to be able to get the Italian passport, which allowed me a whole other world and a whole other door. I wouldn't even say door. I would say doors, multiple to open up for me because yeah. I was able to work in Europe legally. Cool. And that made a huge difference for my company and my brand overall, because at the end of the day, it's not just me being, you know, true to who I really am because, you know, I mean, yeah, I couldn't, I, my great grandma, I couldn't understand anything that she said because my dad, he was, he came here when he was in his early twenties. Mm -hmm. So he spoke Italian. So it was his ESL English second language, you know, and, the crazy part is, is he was made fun of. So because of that, we didn't get to speak Italian. Oh my God, I have the same story. So because I, of that, I, yeah. I couldn't speak to half of my family. Like literally my cousins would come over from Italy and we'd be so excited. And the only thing that we could relate to was calcio, was, was soccer. Uh -huh. And we'd go out there and play soccer. But other than that, we couldn't talk to each other because we didn't speak Italian because my dad didn't want us ridiculed because we were raised here in America. You know wow. so, my my mother didn't speak Italian, so the story I hear, she says my father was too lazy to teach me. He says she didn't want me to have an accent, so that's why. So either way, whatever consensus was there, they decided not to teach me. Yeah. So um, isn't yeah. it crazy? It's annoying because that would have been such a good skill to have too, aside from just. Oh my right! Like yeah. there's that huge gap of our generation Gen X that are like you know kind of uh, our parents were too afraid to do certain things because of the potential for ridicule and, and yeah. for the difficulties that would be attributed to it you know yeah, yeah i mean uh, but now we're looking back like do you realize yeah that would have been an asset that? <laughs> yeah. Let it, yeah exactly let me have that accent let me have i have everything yeah. else i talk with my hands i celebrate all this stuff yeah. but you really you subtracted what makes me whole you know <laughs> So, so that's awesome. Well, we have a big Jersey audience, so I'm sure there's a lot. So with that, um, that Italian passport, that probably helped with working in Amsterdam, which was probably, I imagine, early on a really big deal, right? It was a huge deal for me that being able to have the, the European aspect is honestly is what changed everything for my company because we had... I had no fear because I knew that I was legal over there. So I could have legal banking. I can have a legal company in Holland. Well, as legal as they would allow it, you know, but for a seed brand, it was legal there. And so because of that, I was, I was more excited on that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. On that, um, that path of being able to, it sounds so bad, but to exploit the dual citizenship. No, I mean, you know? guy but, use every hand in your, you know, card in right. your hand. Yeah. And so it, it helped us substantially. And because of that, we were able to go not just to Europe, but we were able to really exploit that market and get European distribution. So where did you initially learn? Like who were your early kind of mentors, influences? Ironically enough, not very many, you can say. And the reason why is because, you know, <laughs> it sounds so repetitive, but being an Italian, I grew up, you know, I, I was fortunate. I grew up on some property, you know, not a huge amount of property in the city of Los Angeles, but we had an acre. So because of that, I grew up growing tomatoes, growing peppers, growing zucchinis, you know, so I understood the agricultural side of the fence, the, the growing plants. And, and uh, so growing weed was kind of a, like a natural parlay for me, you know, I guess you could say. So because of that, it, it, it was, you know, a fortunate upbringing that allowed me to, you know, tap in. So when it came to growing weed, it was easy. And then, you know, like I said, due to the issue of the other person getting the genetics and that allowed me to, you know, learn how to do the seeds and then, progressively from there just 
you know, picking up ideas and so forth. But uh, really, like, you know, not not too many people I could say that I like are more mentors, but there's certain standout people, you know, that most people wouldn't know. It's like a gentleman by the name of Cedarberry Farm, CBF from way back in the day. It was a really good gentleman that helped me out. And, you know, obviously, Chem Dog, you know, um, gee, he's a, he's a huge proponent to allowing, you know, the stuff that I have. You know, some of the just old friends, you know, Oregon kid falling back, you know, I'll give him a shout out because me and him have battled over the years. I was always a rude ass to him. Yeah. And real reality is, is he did really do a lot for the LA scene in general of the OGs all the way up to, uh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see how some of these people have managed to join, like, the fortunate side of the fence that I could say that I'm on because we're still around, you know, and we're still in business and we still get business and we're, we're still working, you know, um, you know, so, so I can't really say there's too many mentors in that aspect of things aside from, you know, pops and, you know, and family really. And, and you know, my, my, my good friends and, and family that have been with me through the struggles. Those are my mentors because they keep me going. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have to say that doesn't always work that way though. Cause I had tomato plants too. And I have the biggest black thumb. Um, when I went away to college, I, I, well, when my second college was kind of near where I grew up and I was like, I'm still going to grow tomato plants in college. Cause I always had fresh tomatoes and I still have to. So I told my dad about it and he didn't tell me, my mother told me this years later, he knew so certainly that I would kill them that he would drive up there and fertilize them when I wasn't around. <laughs> so he was taking care of you. Like, man, I'm doing great. I'm killing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those tomatoes, were they good? They were good, right? You enjoyed them, right? Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Pop, as you go. You got five, right? Five <laughs> of them? There were six. And I'm telling you, that sixth one was delicious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that doesn't always get passed down. But um, that's very cool. Um, so if you now... Just because you were early, though, doesn't always mean you sustain as well. So you obviously have had to have a decent amount of business knowledge to, I mean, how many years has it been that Kelly Connections around now? Um, I have my articles of incorporation from when I started in 2008. Okay, math. So 12, 12 years? years? Okay, yes, all right, cool. I started 2009. in America, 10 years worldwide. Okay. Very cool. And yeah, now when you say worldwide, what's the um, laws with shipping seeds now? I know that's been a, a lot of changes through the years. Um, I mean, shipping seeds, as far as my concern, has, has uh, is nowadays is as legal as you can based off of the hemp laws. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so it falls under agriculture. So you, as long as you really provide a COA with it, most yeah. of the time, there's no issues in terms of that. Second, my whole, I, you know, um, I got to, I got a real distinct kind of argument uh, in terms of, I guess, if the, if the police really get a pack of seeds and are really curious to find out if we're really breaking the law, I mean, I guess they are more than welcome to spend, what, like five months to grow it, <laughs> harvest it, True. dry it, and then have it tested to then find out, which just to me personally seems like a gigantic waste of their time. Sure. But you never know. I mean, I guess there is always that one guy that's like, I'm going to get them, but... Um, uh. You no, know, uh, we have it all separated. Europe, Europe takes care of Europe. Um, that's that again falls back on that fortunate part of having that Italian passport. And because of that, I was able to uh, have the company there, and I have banking there, and I have everything going on there. So we're partnered with a seed brand um, known as Positronics in Spain, and we work with them hand in hand. Genetics, um, genetic research. So we do a lot of uh, our seed making with them in Spain, down in Sevilla. And because of that, everything throughout uh, Spain and Europe handles UK distribution and whatever happens from there happens from there. It usually goes to mainly Attitude Seed Bank and about 60 or 70 retailers throughout the UK. Um, cool. And, so, and do you see trends in different areas of the world of what's more popular as opposed to uh, yeah. America? Yeah, definitely. See, even throughout America too, that's a, it, it. It differs. You know, you'd be really? surprised. Like what? Yeah, it's like you guys on the East Coast, for example. You guys are just now kind of really getting into the uh, 
the really not the gassy but the lemon punch stuff and then if you fall back and most people fall back on the piff and then the black haze and and you know the hazes the hazes are huge over there the diesels are big but the reason why they're not as huge over there is because of the gassy taste ironically enough you east coasters really aren't into the gas really on the west coast we are all about the gas it's the wildest thing and i think it's attributed mainly to the to you know the hip-hop scene and 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 that side of the fence um because like for us when we first were introduced to it it was just better than everything else mm -hmm. so the taste really didn't matter to us at the time when we got like our oh geez it tasted great the lemon kerosene but it was all about the punch Huh. You know, but it was a, it's a different type of punch for us than it is for you guys. On the, you guys on the East Coast, you like the, the, the chest up type of punch. Here on the West Coast, we're like a chest down. We want to be laid out. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not everybody. Obviously, everybody's different. You know, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not speaking for, for everybody because mm -hmm. you guys, you know. But uh, that's just kind of like a noticeable trend in terms of even sales a lot of the time. Our, most of our East Coast sales have to do with more of our sativa dominant hybrids opposed to our indica dominant hybrids. I mean, I think that could make a lot of sense with like lifestyle and even weather. Um, so I had someone on the podcast, Happy Monkey Owner. I don't know if you know, it's a speakeasy out here, but- um, I'm very familiar. He's okay. a great guy. Okay, yeah. Cool so, guy. Yeah, so I had Vlad great on. Club too. What? Oh, it's a yeah. great club too. It's, it's you know, gone. It sucks, that, it sucks that what happened, but you know. Yeah, it's gone now. But it, it was. It was. Uh, I call it like it, it was, was like cool. the. It was like the Studio Fifty Four of weed. It was its own little time capsule. Yeah, yeah it was. It yeah. was. You know, it, I'm, I'm. You know, as a West Coaster, I'm, I could say, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to. You know, we went in. We went in, and yeah, that's when I met him, and I got you know, my little dab tray at home is the Happy Monkey tray. Oh, man, that's so, awesome. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, so Vlad was saying when he was growing up, it was pretty much like New York Sour Diesel was like all you could get almost. So I was surprised, but he brought up a good point that was in California, you have 365 to be outdoors. So some, yeah, so something where it's kind of like you're relaxed, you're at the beach, or like life has an easier pace, where in New York, it's like you're riding around, it's more stressful, it's like you don't have that kind of, you know, you're inside and outside for like two seconds, you know, you don't have that kind of relax or your body can relax your body has to keep moving so you don't freeze yeah, to death that electric energy <laughs> yeah exactly like that heartbeat of the city thing so it kind of makes sense interesting so um people who want to like get into the game today is it just so crowded at this point is it no. still it's really not it is but where you're gonna go is what's gonna dictate on how hard it is mm -hmm. when you understand that like if you want to jump into the legal game it's an old boys club and i refer to that as yeah money and power who's got those connections i found yeah. that out firsthand in jersey you know our mutual friend yeah. when, when we you know when we learned that uh we weren't going to get the license that we were pretty much going to get it, and it all had a, and it was all stipulated upon one person's recommendation or not recommendation to the right person and because of his sway it swayed the opposite way dude jersey's and it's I, and, you know yeah and that's what i'm saying it's 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 good that's why even at the end of the day yeah i do fall back on that italian side because it isn't about what you know it is about who you know and in this game having somebody is like that is an ace in the hole yeah because it can become the joker that will become you know not even the, not even the, the ace of spades it'll become the joker on you and that'll cause the issues that you don't want so you have to always do your best to keep one of those because my god this industry is a it's it'll eat you up yeah. spit you out eat you up all over again spit it'll just it'll literally like a like a like a whirlpool it'll just keep grabbing you and grabbing you and just as when you think you're ahead it's going to rip you right the hell back and kind of teach you a lesson and then you're going to get ahead again and then it's going to do the same thing all over again. dude people don't get that they don't get that you age in like dog years and cannabis i see all these just wide-eyed happy green rushers like oh my god it's gonna be so fun i'm gonna work in cannabis i'm like it's gonna eat your soul <laughs> like it's so tell me you're excited and two years of like this 
industry is ridiculous. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? Excuse the language, but it's like, no. you know, we, and ironically enough, I was kind of talking about that with, with you know, my employees a little while ago. Was, yeah. You know, there's some people that we've legitimately known for close to, you know, eight years that we've been doing business with. And we saw them, you know, the first time, like six years ago at an event and they're all bright eyed, bushy tailed. And then we saw mm-hmm. him, I think it was like a year and a half ago. I had one of them meet and he was like, dude, is this the right guy? And I was like, yeah, that's the right guy. Came in, he's white haired, oh. aged. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You, we, we age quick. You see, I mean, hell man, look at, look at some of the best breeders that you see that are all young three mm-hmm. years ago they're all gray and, bush- and not bright-eyed and bushy-tailed they're enjoying their, their cars and their life but yeah this legal industry is stressful i have to say it's gotten my first eight years were less stressful than the last two the last two senses this just really ramped up with um you know just like the corruption in jersey the you know the, the it's basically a bloodbath we have so if you look at the city of denver they have like 400 dispensaries i'm sure you could tell me stats in california we have um and they have a population of about half a million we have Mm. nine million people with nine dispensaries that is insane you know so the bloodbath to try to get these licenses and you were part of it for a little while i don't know i don't know what you guys are thinking for you know take three if you're gonna go again but um it's uh it's not been fun it's been very painful, long, expensive. And it, it, yeah, it's definitely put some years on me. I would say that I look at pictures. It's like when someone becomes president and then four years later, they, they like look like they've aged. That's how I feel like pictures for me from two years ago are from all this legalization. It's, it's, it's because we are blazing the trail. Mm -hmm. We are the ones that saw raw land and have had to excavate it completely, get rid of the mounds of excavation, pave the hell out of the way for other people to actually run right the hell past us because they have yeah. more liquidation and ability or availability, et cetera. And to continue to see it grow and flourish, yeah, it's, it's, it's a stressful thing, you know, it's hard. Yeah. So is that, that's something, so that's why I was saying you've been in business for 12 years now. So with all these corporations, you have your Canadian companies, all these IPOs happening. Do you think you've paved a way that now these corporations are just going to come in and giant seed companies and you're going to have the, you know, the Monsantos of the world? You know, okay. So, um, double-edged sword. Yes and no. Okay, so yes, because obviously, eventually, it's going to happen when it's federally legal. They're coming and coming in heavy-handed and wailing away at all of us. Yeah. Given. Yeah. Should have already kind of anticipated that. It's like, I'm going to join a, I'm going to create a beer company and I'm going to jump into the beer game. You don't think that the big fish are going to come swarming and swimming around you. And then the bigger fish are going to come circling you. And then guess what? The whales are going to come circling you. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's a given. Accept it. It's a reality. Get yours while you can. Yes. Don't sell yourself short because a lot of people will do that in terms of they're just going to jump at the first chance that they can get, you know, we personally, I guess, yeah, you fall back on once again, that Italian thing. <laughs> I have a thick head, you know, I've had opportunities. I've had offers. I just can't break up with something that I put my heart and soul into for not worth it. You know, I don't want 25% of the company that I've built up to a multi-million dollar brand. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So no, don't sell yourself short, you know, understand the fact that they're going to come, but work hard. You know, that's all we can do is can just push it hard. Yeah. Because yeah, big fish are going to come. Don't be scared. Get what you can work hard and build a brand that they're not going to try to take you out. They're going to try to buy you up. For sure. And I mean, is there a number where you would just say, okay, take all of it. I'll go sit oh, on the beach. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? You kidding? I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not, 
if somebody, you know, if, you know, there's rumors out there that certain people were offered like 600, $700 million for their brand and they turned it down. And I was like, no, 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 look, 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 let's be blunt here. I come from immigrant parents. You come from immigrant parents. You grew up in the hood. You're talking about this and that, and you wouldn't sell for 600 million. You don't ever have to do shit again. Your parent, your kids, kids, kids are taken care of if you're smart about that. You don't need to worry about a billion dollar brand. You get a percentage and let them build it to the billion dollar brand. And you say that you started the billion dollar brand yeah. and you get paid for being the face of the billion dollar brand. Take the money and run. Oh my God. Right, I, my dude, I would, I would be on a beach. I would never say the C word again. I'd be done with it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Leave it all behind. Do you want, again, we just talked about the aging, the, the age and the stress. Two I know. Years. Why do you want to do it? Somebody <laughs> handed you a denomination of money. 600 million? Oh my God. I you can't. don't have to do this again. Even here's yeah. $20 million. I'd be like, that's 20 million more. That's like 19 more than I probably would have sold out for. But hell yeah, <laughs> no, I'll take it. Don't put that yeah. out there. 20 million or nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like yeah, no matter what, even if I were to sell, I'd be, I mean, I'm honest, it wouldn't be for less than five. I mean, our, our evaluation ranges us between a three and seven. So yeah. five is a good number. Four is a good number. If it's cash, I'll take two and a half and walk away. I don't care. I'm there not greedy. All right, guys. I'm, I'm willing to work with people. <laughs> Re reach out. <laughs> nobody, under nobody ever understands our side, though. It's funny. I've sat down with people that can buy most people's lives over for investment. And they're like, so what exactly do you do? And it's like, we're a seed company. We do the beginning. You know yeah. how plants, like, plants grow from a, a, a wow. seed. So what, how do you make money? Really? Like, how does M&M make money? They sell M&Ms, right? They sell these little candies. Nerd, they sell these little candies. Those little candies equate to money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, people don't. dude it's i imagine I and mean, you you started earlier you said cannabis is a boys or seeds at least are a boys club i would say the majority of the industry up until recently really has been thankfully women are starting to move in a bit but um men when you i've been meeting investors too trying to scale blazing bakery and uh they just want to tell me how to do everything because yeah. I think especially like no this little girl's not what what could you possibly know like we have the money. A lot. Yeah. Like I, I have more money than you. I'm, you know, this very wealthy, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you haven't worked in cannabis. You sell widgets or you work in like insurance right. or something or wall street. Right. Like it doesn't mean that you're an expert in the cannabis industry. So stop no. telling me how I'm going to do everything. Like I yeah. want you, I want your advice in this little box here of whatever that your knowledge is. Don't try to know everything. Um, but yeah, men don't like to hear that from a woman. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll attest to that on, on multiple sides of the fence from a yes and no side of the fence. Um, yeah. And I'll also, uh, I'll also be one of those people that, that can say a lot of the women that I have seen and have worked with in this industry are some of the, yeah, some of the strongest women I've ever met, some of the hardest hardcore <laughs> ladies that I've ever met you know and I, I there's a couple of them off the top of my head like um my uh another gentleman who I've worked with for you know 10 years now in California mm -hmm. uh his wife Shana she is a absolute she's an absolute beast yeah she she'll make anybody rumble on their feet and she'll <laughs> smile while doing it too while she's complimenting you but yeah oh my god you you, you just feel the I just, it's not, I don't want to let this person down. You're just like, I'm just scared of her. I don't want to see her mad at me. Like what? You know? So there's, there's a lot of strong women and you, yeah. you, you ladies need to, uh, you know, keep, keep going with it and keep making it happen. And yeah. you know, don't, don't take no for an answer and don't listen to some of these idiots that really, man, like, you know, and I'm one of these people too at times. Like we're, we're just idiots at times. We're men. We don't Stop think it. entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's unfortunate i'm glad to see it's changing but i think you have to be unfortunately uh it's that whole double standard of a man is you know strong and powerful where a woman's just being a bitch or bossy you know 
oh, my boss is being bossy, you know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) how dare she, but, um, you know, but it's good. It is, uh, it's nice to see. And, um, I, I hope we see more of it. Why, why do you think it's been such a boys club in the beginning? As a, you know, probably because of the whole outlaw illegal side of the fence. I think it's more men are more inclined to uh, to be dumb, to do dumb shit. That's just the truth. You know, we're more inclined to be like, hell yeah, let's go rip down a third of my land and grow a shit ton of marijuana and go into the town two towns over and sell it all to them because we can't sell it in our town because then everyone's going to know it's from us. But, you know, a couple towns away, we're going to go kill it. And then, you know, a lady at the time was definitely less inclined to be like, hey, girls, let's go do this. And the reason why is you ladies actually have a tendency to kind of think things through in comparison to us men. We don't necessarily think things through 100% until usually halfway through. Then we're like, damn, this really wasn't the best idea. But now how am I going to go back? I'm already this far, so fuck it, let's I, keep going. I think you're right, and I think the problem is that part of my brain that makes good decisions is severely miswired, so that's probably why I got in early, and, but uh, anyway. You know, that's the truth. I don't mean that, you know, I'm not trying to sound like, <laughs> no, no, hey, I, 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 you, I, I think you're 100% right. Um, so, I have to mention this, you've won how many cannabis cups? Like 50, over 50? Yeah, I think I think we log around 60, 70 range. I mean, Jesus. personally, downstairs in our trophy case, I think there's like 20, um, 20 different awards down there, 10 different, 10, 20. Yeah, I think there's about like 18 of them down there or something. Um, and then uh, of all the different, genetics of ours that have won through other people yeah we we have a uh, a good it's too many like we, so, we try to put it on a pull-up you know like an advertise pull-up thing and i had to put them so small that it just wasn't worth putting them there because wow. it just looked awkward because you have to like go up and read them all and you're like okay wow okay you guys won a lot of awards it's just what's the point Oh. Um, yeah, we could say 70 award winning, you know, 80 awards, you know, worldwide award winning. Let's just call it that. You know, we don't need a denomination. We just, we know, and everybody else knows that we've won the cups and we've helped them <laughs> win cups and we've helped their genetics out to win cups. And, yeah. You know, yeah, we, we do our part to provide that, you know, quality connection. That's a lot. You are the Meryl Streep of cannabis. I'm not sure how to take that compliment. <laughs> because she is a she does work in multiple ways that's for sure she's 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 won like the most academy awards right yeah i think so one of them yeah she's yeah that's true i think it's i think it's a compliment (laughs) it's definitely a compliment that's amazing um how so the how does that feel at this point i know like when back in the day when you used to win them you get off stage and you've had all these offers and now i mean people don't really put as much stock in the uh the award shows as they used to like yeah yeah no that's because we all everybody kind of realized after a while it became an old boys club and that's where things went a little awkward because too many of the same people were winning too consistently in the same categories and it's like while yes you do make a quality product and you should be winning there also, you know, needs to be a ability to have something fresh at times too, because that's what changes things. And that's what, if it's an award, I mean, it's like the Olympics. If the same countries won the exact same awards and the exact same events every year over and over and over again, or not every year, because it'd be every four years or every two years, everybody at one point would be like, well, what's the point of entering if these people are going to always win? Yeah. You know? So you lose a little credibility in that aspect of things. And then when you have the people that are spending the most money are the only ones winning. That too, the advertisers winning awards is. That's, you know, that's why me personally, I was always the opposite side of the fence because 
even when I advertised with High Times, they didn't do shit for me. And then when I didn't advertise, this is the funny part, when I didn't advertise and stopped spending the money with them is when I started winning the winning cups, which made huh. no sense to me because then afterwards they'd be like, so are you gonna ready to take some ads out? Are you ready to do that? And no, I'm not, you guys suck. You guys are good. And if it wasn't for high times, yes, my company wouldn't be there because we decided to make that jump and do our cannabis, the first three cannabis cups in Holland yeah. you know, that we ever did. So we were fortunate that we have real cannabis cups, you know, but it was the, it was the realization that they can kind of exploit the living piss out of the industry. And when they really started to exploit the living piss out of the industry is when they kind of started to go downhill and lose their credibility. And that's what changed a lot for everybody. So the cups progressively started to mean less and less. Yeah. I, like uh, a cup now it's an online cup. Like how they're online. Yeah. Oh, I know that because of COVID or they just can't do the yeah, events anymore. Uh, COVID and I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure pe people, you know, I mean, we would still go, everybody would end up going still, don't get me wrong, because it's still an event to, to, to see the general populace and public, but yeah, to do what it used to do and to be, it's all changed dramatically with them. So they just had Oklahoma Cup like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and Swerve Edibles won. Is that you? No. Okay. Did you know there no. was a Swerve Edibles? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He means well. Like he's a, he's not. You know, he's a good guy. He's cool. He's chilled. Yeah, I, I, I actually went up to him. And I was like, dude, that's rad. You made edibles after me. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, what's up, man? I'm Swerve. Nice to meet you. And he's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, I'm the guy Swerve that everybody knows in the industry. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised you don't know who I am, really. I'm like, have you heard of my company? And he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of the company. I was like, how do you not know who I am? Uh, like, <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> well, that's know? good. So, so, yeah. so he's not yeah. getting a cease and desist? No, I don't really get <laughs> I hold nothing to do with that. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, make, make your money, man. Go to town. You know, I, I know the subtle digs that are at me from certain companies in the industry. And unfortunately, I can't step foot near them because they are way more powerful mm -hmm. and have way more money and have way more ability and yeah. are fully crazy regularly uh, are licensed pretty much across the country. So yeah, I'm, uh, I just watch it and go, at least I could inspire. Yes. So, uh, I mean... I had a patent trademark and patent attorney on there's a are you have any trademarks on strain names or anything like that not really well, right um that's hard to do yeah uh, that's basically what he said is yeah so what we did is you know i'll let some inform i'll let some technical information out to people here <laughs> um so what we did is we actually had a Pat, because um, we are fully federally trademarked, so I have my, you know, through the USTPO. So I had my patent and trademarking attorney look into that. And he was, because we talked about this, like, why don't you trademark your strains? And I was like, I can't, it's not federally legal. So he's like, let me figure this out. So what we did is we actually went all the way down to a plant patenting attorney. Mm -hmm. And we tried to trademark and patent well trademark all of our strain names and the USTPO came back and said go fly a kite yeah so then we were like all right well how are we going to do this and then he was like hold on um so my tomato farmers they plan they do their trademarking via this way and I was like interesting he's like so let's try that so then we came up with genus names and really, really made a valiant effort yeah. to make it seem like it wasn't what it was, but it was what it was, but it wasn't what it was. Yeah. And sent it over to them. And they actually responded back with, if we fix a few things, they might be willing to look at it and consider it. So we went back to the drawing board. We fixed what they asked. We went back to them and we were making great headway and then a lot of the uh, legalities in the industry changed because of the change of ownership of the country and so forth. And uh, ah. unfortunately, with that change of ownership of the country, uh, 
So with the farm yeah, bill now, though, I think if you make hemp versions, though, you could trademark them as hemp, and then that would carry it over. Have, yeah. It won't carry over. Oh, it won't? No. That's the crazy thing. Not that, now, but when it's federally legal, you'll have a good case, I think. You, you might, but then you have somebody like me who would just come right out of the blue and smash the living daylights out of you to show that I have not only working, but have been profiting and, and or branding and or utilizing said names in commerce legally across the world for so many years prior to you doing that, yeah. that you're just basically asking for lawsuits pretty much asking to go broke because you're going to have to settle those lawsuits, you know, by handing over said patent or losing in financial aspects of things, you know, in comparison, because you can't just go and trademark Tangy, for example, and get the, the plant patent on it and not expect Crockett and Don and Aaron to come after you with their people mm -hmm. because they show legal use of the, actual name the product the whole thing across the board have for the last decade so mm -hmm. the ability to fight that as you getting that plant patent approved and having that is going to be like all hard. right well we're going to figure it out from our tiramisu strain okay <laughs> yeah let's do it let's figure it out i'm telling you the only way to figure what well, it's just it has to go federal yeah then we so can then we can work on it so what have you've bred created over your lifetime? What's your favorite strain? You know, I fall back on my tried and true original, my Tahoe. I love my yeah. Tahoe. Um, so, you know, it's one of the best OGs that I've ever had and smoked. Uh, the 22 is one of my new, newer, the last like three years favorites, just because of the way it smells and the, uh, the flavor and the room smell together are just, to me, really solid and just, intoxicating and it, it makes you want to smoke more it makes you want to have more of it mm -hmm. you know um so that's what's kind of fun about that and then you know like the lemon tart it's got that le lemon kerosene spice which is yummy and, you know then yeah you have like you know the, the flavor you know my flavor foods you know the tiramisu's the our 78 is really good. Our Cherry's Jubilee, too, is really good. It's a, it's a yummy one. It's, you know, it's kind of weird that we're modeling strains after strains after desserts, but so I don't many know where else to go yeah. with some of these things anymore, you know? That's cute, yeah. though. Strain names are like, oh, my God. I feel like everyone, I feel like my grandma just like put out a strain now. Like, everyone's making something, but they're fun names. Yeah. That's the that's the hard part too for like brands like me and, and the bigger brand bigger brands than me is when we come up with new strains we really have to do our due diligence to make sure yeah. that we don't mimic or copy anybody's name because yeah we don't want to have that kind of ridicule or that kind of issue or anything of anything of that nature you know yeah oh I came out with this strain two years prior I wanted to buy you know and nowadays people can sue people oh yes that's a thing <laughs> for sure but that's i mean how much of it comes down to you could have great seeds but most of it comes down to the grower too right i mean you're not going to hand me a pack of seeds and get anything worthwhile you'd be surprised yeah yeah okay. you know you, you you would definitely be surprised because uh yeah, it is about how you grow. Don't get me wrong about if you got a green thumb and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But really, it's just patience. Just yeah. watching. And, and the reality is, is if you have a dog or a cat, I or do. like a bird or a pet, I have a dog. You have to take care of something. <laughs> so True. People forget that, and you know, like it's not as hard as it seems. Well, it's it is gonna, a it is a weed, right? Weed. That's to what I was just about to say. It's a weed. It's gonna literally grow and do its own thing. Yeah. We just learn how we can manipulate it to do what we want to make it more pretty and turn it into a boutique style item. Because yeah. really, it's a noxious plant that's specifically on this earth to have a defense mechanism from the smell, the taste, as well as the trichromes. Yeah. So it can survive to, to seed, you know, because the seed is good. 
So I feel like today, like everyone, everyone, especially now applying for these licenses, and actually, are you going to give it another shot? Are you done with Jersey or? I have to see with our Jersey, our New Jersey facet. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, like I said, it's just so everything's so disconcerting at times and, and, mm -hmm. and so um, depressing and demeaning. Like we, we were applying in Chicago and, or in Illinois, like right when they were going to do it, the governor came out and was like, oh, we're delaying it. And the day that they were supposed to draw everybody. So wow. even our counterparts were like, man, this is crazy. We got millions in on this and he's going to just delay it. Yeah. Are there, are there states you uh, have won in or are you no. not yet? No. But um, yeah. So a few states, but not personally that we don't hold the license now. Yeah. It's um Jersey. I mean, so that's what made me think of it though. Like everyone in these licenses says, I have the best grower in the world and blah, blah, blah. And you know, not everyone has the best grower, but it seems like there's so many good growers out there now that if you do just have good seeds, good genetics, it seems like, and especially with these corporations, they're bringing in, you know, college kids who just majored in horticulture. And it seems like they're not even looking at the people who came up in cannabis anymore. They don't care about us. No, they really don't why, care why, about why? I mean, let's be honest here. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I own a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> I put... $35 million of my own financial assets into this brand. I'm looking at your, my qualifications going, all right, well, you started a cannabis company. You, you were a video editor, you did compression. So did, do you work with plants? Like, did, did you go to school in botany? <laughs> do you know anything like that? My answer is no, I didn't. It was all trial and error from doing it when it was illegal. Yeah. And then you have the other guy who's sitting over there and you look at his resume and it's, yeah, I went to such and such university or I went to, you know, CU, Colorado University, got a degree in botany and a, you know, a minor in uh, horticulture with a marijuana elective on the side. I'm only 23 years old. I've never touched a real marijuana plant outside of school because yep. I don't really grow it on my own because I still live at home with my parents. But looking at those two resumes, you're not going to take the outlaw. You're going to take the scholastics yeah. because at the end of the day, that looks better for your paper. And yeah. I don't mean by your money. I mean by the way that your company is looked at and perceived by the higher facets aka the government yeah. when they go through your company your fortune 500 company or owner and everybody that works for your marijuana brand has a degree from a major college or university compared yeah. to the other guy who's just a dude who's been working in the industry for the whole time and made his money doing that and has all his friends who did the same thing and not one of them has a college degree who do you think is going to have a better look when it comes to the government and you're a hundred percent right in that is that is the optics of it. And that's what you see on these applications. And you could have, you know, a whole roster of people with a bunch of initials by their name, but no one knows anything about cannabis. But now Got you it. see, yeah. now you see these companies failing and why is it because they don't have someone who says, well, on the East coast, they're yeah. just getting the lemony things now and they want it from the neck up. And on the West coast, we, you know, you can't, learn that in college you have to learn that by working in the cannabis industry and they have cut out all the people who know this like inside baseball stuff to actually make your company thrive and i, I just got quoted in something saying that like we have 25 years medical marijuana history and knowledge in this country people who have lived it worked it and they are not the people who have anything to do with running some of the biggest companies in america and canada and so it's the and biggest medical marijuana companies don't forget that part not just marijuana medical <laughs> yeah um yeah it's a bit of a train wreck right now um where, where do you see the future of the industry going big business do you see um all the people who on the shoulders of like do you think do you think we're just gonna have pepsi and coke eventually is it just gonna be all won't be pepsi and coke it'll be smirnoff and uh no 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 but i'm saying like it's just gonna be big business a couple companies everything's yeah. just gonna be consolidated 
It'll exactly. It's gonna. It'll, yeah. it'll look like uh, the alcohol industry. You're gonna have your big, big fish. Each one of those is gonna have their ancillary, and each one of those is gonna have their ancillary, and each one of those is gonna have their group of ancillaries that are gonna be, you know, all the way on down. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep in mind in beer, Budweiser, Coors, they fought tooth and nail. Bud Light, tooth and nail to stop those microbrews because they were diving into their, they're gouging at their profits, taking these huge profits. And then they realized we need to be smart about this. Let's just go buy them up. Yeah. We could afford $200 million. We're a $18 billion a year company. Yeah. $200 million to us is nothing. So that's what they did. They started buying them up. Now, you look at it, there's very few independent microbrews because all of them are really owned by the said bigger fish because they have the money to pay for it. So it is going to look like that in the cannabis industry. You're going to have the big fish that are going to buy the little guys that are going to keep buying up. I and everybody's still going to be working. I wouldn't mind that though, because at least you have the opportunity to be the small fish. Like if I wanted to start a, a microbrew, I mean, you go into a liquor store and it's like, cartoon like cans like everywhere right, yeah. all these different like it's so fun it's like a little carnival in there um because there are so many micro brews and if i want to you know start a vineyard and start selling my own wine i can do that too very easily sure i might get bought up at some point but i i can give Isn't my shot but you can't do that in cannabis if i want to start a small edibles company in new jersey i can't do that or new york or anywhere around here you know i i have to have a couple million dollars to start competing for these crazy licenses that it's like, I, I compare it to if you want to open a restaurant in New Jersey, let's say they were only allowing nine restaurants and they prefer out of state restaurant experience. Who's going to win that? It's going to be, you know, Applebee's and Olive Garden. That's all we're going to get for the state. You're never going to have that great little Italian restaurant down the street because you're not giving the opportunity to small people who do craft work, who specialize in their field. You're just giving it all to these giant, like, I guess, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I want to put down MSOs because it's not the idea of big business. That's great too. It's the idea of diversity. Just give the little guys a shot too. And that's when you're really going to get from the ground up, you know, let the cream rise to the top and we get uh, the microbrews of weed. That's the truth because at the end of the day, the little guy and us original people are the ones that really helped forge the path Yeah. to get people to work. So but always remember the, us little people in, in this whole endeavor and this whole grand scheme of things. And that's like, just like you said, though, they're forgetting that and that's why they're failing. Yeah, for sure. You know? I, I, I dumping money. They're hemorrhaging money. And I, I think they're either going to realize it and we're going to see some inclusion or it's just going to keep imploding and it makes the whole industry look bad. Like no one having faith in cannabis stock anymore, you know? I mean, <laughs> Cannabis stock is like a, is a one-way street at times. It's a, you just kind of throwing your money and watching it go down the street because it's not coming <laughs> back. No. No. You invested in Tilray or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I hope you were early and jumped to, jumped to like, you know, when it was still profitable, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, if you look at these things, yeah, they don't last long because they're just run poorly because yeah. of what we're saying but you have too many people from outside of the end too many people from outside looking in making an opinion on what's going on on the inside you don't know what's going on inside because you are not on the inside you are from yeah. the outside and why are companies that have been around for two years even going public you know it's you know starbucks was making coffee for 21 years before their ipo you know it's like did you even figure out how to make your edibles or your plants or whatever before it's not even about the products anymore, the passion or what you're doing. It's literally just about bottom line. What can we, you know, it, it's just all money. money. Exactly. And that's why the, the industry is becoming a shit show basically. Actually, let me phrase that. It's not how can we make more money? It's how can we exploit it to try to make more money? Yeah. Because the, when a brand's got, you know, seven different brands of the same edible, kind of makes you wonder, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're just, 
And it's also, these aren't the people who are really going to, they're going to make their gummy and their chocolate bar and they're going to keep it moving because they're not looking to innovate. They're just saying, all right, what, what are these cannabis people like? Yeah. <laughs> you know? They like gummies and chocolate. Focus on the gummies and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's a lot more to do than just gummies and chocolate here, people. Exactly. So we're, yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I, I feel like it's turning into a bitch fest. I stay positive, you know, hopefully good things will happen and the people who, you know well i mean that's all we can do we've been tr- i mean i know you know you fought for this a couple of years in here you are and you're still going we fought yeah. for this here yeah. we are 12 years in and we're still going yeah at the end of the day um you know it's it's that don't get discouraged we keep fighting it and keep going and if you get discouraged get back up you know yeah. like if you start to feel um uh, you're uh you're losing you're right (laughs) gonna happen yeah take the l dust yourself off get back up get back at it because you know what there's not many people that don't have many l's and they're next to them for those w's they probably got more more l's than they do w's yeah that's the reality of it you know we just have to be appreciative of those w's that we do get yeah and you know, stay strong with it and keep going forward with it you know you can't get discouraged you got to but you, but you learn yeah. from the losses i think it was jay, jay not to quote jay-z but yes yeah it's a quotable person i guess he said you learn a lot from losing he's like i don't know what you learn from winning but he's like it, and it's so true you learn from each of those losses has taught me way more than any of the things that have gone right in my life those are just like oh i see how x y and z added to a win i see what yeah. i did right but when you really take like a bad beat and you see what you did wrong, like that's something you're going to really take a hard lesson from. And unfortunately in cannabis, because there's such so little of a blueprint, I've taken so many of those lessons the hard way, as I'm sure you have. And that's what these people running these corporations to come full circle don't realize either, is that we've learned what taking all those beats are and they're going to make all those mistakes because everyone makes them. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, um, you know, I was even told, I was told this a lot growing up from certain people that I never really understood until now, and, you know, not until the last few years is they would always say, you have to learn how to lose before you can learn to win. I never got that. I was like, I don't understand. How do you mean I have to learn how to lose before I can learn to win? And then it's like little by little, you realize that, yeah, those L's are the foundation of that climactic W. For sure. And once yep. you do realize that and you do exactly like you say, you take the lessons from it. Yeah. Is how it's gonna eventually, yeah, propel you into those W's more often than those L's. But in order to get those, you're gonna have to take the licking. It's gonna be a part, it's a part of it. Well, they either need to bring in the people who learned the lessons or they have to start falling themselves, I guess. Yeah, well, those lessons are watching those zeros disappear. Yeah, watching the, the world burn right now is those lessons being learned the hard way. Yeah, ain't so, that the truth. So, Ed Swerve, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, why don't you tell us what you have coming up to plug? Tell us your socials. You know, um, God only knows what's coming up because we're stuck in traffic. Know. You know, yeah. they're, they're trying to say MJ BizCon, but I'm not too sure about it. So most likely uh, our next like a real event that will be in person will probably be in Hawaii uh, oh. next year. And then we'll kick off the uh, next, um, uh, hopefully next season will be the Hawaii and then we'll be back in Europe for Spanibus under the assumption that the world will be back to somewhat normality. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, you guys can, everybody can always reach us and buy seeds directly from us on our website at thecaliconnection.com. You guys can check out our Instagram at the Real Cali Connection Seed Code or the Cali Connection. We have two of them. Um, let's see, I think our Facebook is at Swerve TCC, not positive or something of those nature. All right, I'll I'll look it up and put it in the show notes for you. And uh, but I will uh, I'll shoot you an email with all of my other, you know, the headshot and my bio and all that. I have all the professional stuff so you can see, um, cool. and, and have for everybody. But you know, I truly appreciate uh, you having me on and allowing me to ramble on for as long as I have. <laughs> no, it was uh, great. Appreciate you taking the time, Tara, and and 
Wicked working on tiramisu. Let's do it. Hey, I'm so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Trailblazing with Tiramisu. Trailblazers, if you could take one moment and go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and leave a review, it really helps other cannabis supporters find us and it would mean the world to me. We have new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed so you're always getting the latest Trailblazing content. I would love to connect and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Blazin Bakery. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N Bakery. Check out BlazinBakery.com for awesome cannabis products, including our new CBD pet line, Blazin Barkery, a company I founded with my dog, Diablo. As always, my name is Tara Masu. Love you all and keep on trailblazing.